0: was The Living Sisters, one of my favorite groups in Los Angeles. They sing four-part harmony and have insanely beautiful voices, as you could clearly tell. Separately they're Inara George, also of the band Burn the Bee, and Becky Stark from Lavender Diamond, Elaney Mandel, and Alex Lilly. But together, they are the Living Sisters, and they'll be playing their lovely Hanukkah song and a few other tunes at our Catskills Kibbutz live event at the world-famous Kibbutz Room at Cantor's Deli on December 13th. Also appearing will be Michael Schulwalter from Wet Hot American Summer. Michael directed one of my favorite movies of the year. It's called The Big Sick, which if you haven't seen it, you should, it's great. And he is one of the creators of Search Party, a fantastic TV show. And season two is premiering November 19th and features the kibbutz's very own amazing co-host, Jessica Chaffin. So. Have you got your tickets yet for the Catskills kibbets? They are still available at the Or you can find the link via our events page on our website at kibitzpod.com. It's not a huge room, to be honest, so tickets will sell out, so get them now.
1: Happy and bright.
0: Now for a quick email from one of our listeners who calls himself Goat Bob. <laughs> yeah, it's Goat Bob, that was his name. Uh, is Goat Kosher? Uh, yes, it is, actually, it turns out. All right, Goat Bob writes. Enjoying the podcasts while in motion. The Catskills episode took me back to early mid-1970s with my family's Las Vegas trips to gather with the extended. Glad to have found your talent and company along the way. in kind, Goat Bob. Well, Goat Bob, I am thrilled that our Catskills episode brought you back to your Vegas trips in the 70s. Whatever works, I say. So, Kibitz listeners, I have a favor to ask. If you're a frequent listener, you're probably familiar with my Nana. She's a regular on the show and loves telling jokes. She's been in the hospital, unfortunately, and has not been feeling all that great. And, hey, being 97, it's not a surprise. But I know there's nothing that cheers her up more than a good or even not so good Jewish joke. So, if you know one, would you take a video of yourself telling the joke and post it on our Kibbutz Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash thekibbutz, or feel free to just email it to us at kibbutzpod at gmail.com. You don't have to even do a video. Just write it out, and I'll make sure that uh, Nana sees all the videos and, and sees all the jokes. And I think it would make her very happy. So, thanks. And now, on to the episode.
2: Now, you're always saying nobody wants the Jews. No but one wants You can't a, even put the Jews on the moon.
0: Here <laughs> is
2: an Alabama town that is offering $50,000 to get Jews to come live there.
3: Well, they're smart, and I'll tell you why. You look at history. Where the Jews go, great cultural things happen. You watch and see. The
2: chairman of the Bloomberg Family Relocation Fund is looking for a few good Jews to move to his corner of the Bible Belt to relocate to Dothan, an overwhelmingly Christian town of 58,000.
0: You wait and see. This Dothan's going to become the cultural center of the world.
2: That calls itself the peanut capital of the
0: world. You
3: wait and see. They're going to have more than peanuts there.
0: as you might have recognized, was Howard Stern and Robin Quivers. The audio was taken from a documentary called There Are Jews Here.
4: Or maybe it's pronounced There Are Jews Here? It's
0: very Jewish of you to ask it that way. Mm -hmm. Either way, There Are Jews Here is a fascinating look at four once thriving Jewish communities across the U.S. that are now struggling to stay afloat.
4: I think it's an intentionally funny title for the film because one just doesn't expect there to be Jewish communities in places like laredo texas or dothan alabama
0: i definitely don't but then i'm from denver
4: where i did not ex- now i knew there was jews there
0: there's a few uh, a few years ago actually i was on tour with my band and we were rolling into fresno oh
4: the band again
0: <laughs> sorry yeah you know every
4: I, episode i gotta plug the band
0: uh <laughs> we were rolling into fresno california to play a show when our drummer asked if there were jews in fresno to which i replied there are, are now, now.
1: <laughs> My name's Brad Lichtenstein, and I have been working in documentary film for about 23 years and returned to my Jewish roots with There Are Jews Here.
4: That's Brad, the director of There Are Jews Here. Brad and his team documented small Jewish communities in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, home of Rolling Rock Beer which I learned in college. It's delicious on a hot day. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. So Jews
0: and Rolling Rock.
4: Laredo, Texas, Butte, Montana, and Dothan, Alabama, where 10 years ago, a Jewish philanthropist put out an offer to pay Jews $50,000 to relocate.
0: That's the center of this Kibbutz story, and we'll hear more about it in a bit. But both the Dothan experiment and the film prompt a bigger question that we're going to explore in this episode, which is, how do we define a Jewish community? Does it need to be centered around a synagogue? We know you need 10 Jews for a minion, but how many Jews constitute a community?
4: I can tell you, having just been on an LL flight, you (laughs) you only need 10 Jews for a minion, but sometimes you get 12. (laughs) Oh, I see. According to a 2013 Pew study, less than one-third of American Jews say they belong to a synagogue. 23% of U.S. Jews say they attend synagogue at least once or twice a month.
0: So, what happens as synagogues continue to vanish? Do communities lose their lifeline to Judaism altogether?
4: Why would a Jewish philanthropist go so far as to put up a million dollars of his own money to get Jews to move to
0: Alabama? And 10 years into the experiment, can it be considered a success? Well, I'm Dan Crane.
4: And I'm Jessica Chaffin. And this is The Kibitz, The Kibitz, The Kibitz, The Kibbitz! The, the podcast about Jewish ideas and culture.
0: So, sit back. Grab a bag of boiled peanuts and enjoy this episode of The, the Kibbits.
4: I don't think I honestly have any discernible skills I could bring to that community.
0: To Dothan, Alabama? No,
4: I don't. I don't so. uh, there's yeah. got to be a better canter because I can't really sing. Uh. And with the Hebrew, not so much. No. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess I could be like a waitress at the Kosher chilies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you think there's a kosher co- the Kosher? <laughs> Is waffle it co- a house? kosher community? No, no, it's not even kosher. It's just a, it's just a bunch of Jews. Hmm. I mean, do you feel like you have? But like when you were growing up, did you were, were you part of you, the Jewish community? Yeah, but was there a community? absolutely? Yeah.
4: Yes, I grew up in a very Jewish town, but in reality, it was probably only thirty percent or something like that, but. 30 is a big percentage. Sure. Yeah.
0: Considering the national. Uh,
4: yeah. Whatever. No, big Jewish community in Boston. So, I felt like every, pretty much everyone I knew. I mean, it was diverse, but there was a very large Jewish community. I did not feel outnumbered.
0: Yeah. And then, that. how did you feel when you moved to LA and you there were no Jews anymore? <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, only my exactly direct two neighbors are Jewish. No, um, yes. L.A. feels a lot like the place I grew up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This documentary, There Are Jews Here, focuses on four small-town Jewish communities where Jewish life has centered around the synagogue. Here's Brad Lichtenstein.
1: You know, in those communities, the synagogue was the focal point. Now, as we all know, especially in urban communities today, there's all kinds of ways that Jews form community. But, you know, for communities that are On the last of their days, chances are that they were really communities that grew out of a synagogue and synagogue membership.
4: At the top of his documentary, we meet an older man named Mickey Radman trying to get a minion together for the upcoming Shabbat. He has a list of names of the congregants of the synagogue, but most of the names are crossed off because they've either died or moved away. It's the story of many small-town Jewish communities that have simply diminished and withered over time.
0: But one community decided to try an experiment. To fight back against the dwindling number of Jews, they offered $50,000 to Jewish families to relocate to Dothan, Alabama. Not enough. A city that today has a population of 68,000, approximately 143 of which Hmm. are Jews. So, is the experiment working?
1: Well, it's definitely working. I don't know if Howard Stern's prediction that uh, Dothan would become the cultural capital of the world has come (laughs) true yet.
0: (laughs) Behind the effort is this man. Larry Bloomberg. A businessman and philanthropist. I live in Dothan,
3: Alabama. It's a uh, town in the southeast corner of Alabama, about 15 miles from the states of Florida and Georgia. So right in the corner of the state.
4: Larry came up with the idea of offering $50,000 to any family that would relocate to Dothan and live there for five years, and he put up a million of his own money to fund it.
0: The program was inaugurated in 2007, and as you might imagine, it got a lot of press. From the AP Wire Service to, of course, Howard Stern.
4: Unfortunately, as you might recall, 2007 was right at the beginning of the financial crisis, so that didn't make things easy.
3: But I really felt like if we could bring some folks here to Dothan, I really thought some of those people would embrace the way of life we have here. And, you know, they would stay here and help us kind of repopulate our Jewish community and see if we couldn't do something to to give it some more sustainability. And, you know, I think we've moved 11 families here, Dan. Of those 11 11 families, six have left. And the six that left were all for economic reasons. Mm -hmm. One or two lost their jobs. One or two actually um, were promoted and got better jobs, and um, and then of those six, we had one family here that just didn't work out, I think they just took advantage of the program, hmm. moved here, took the dollars, and and just did not really participate as as they should have. Yet they've remained in hmm. But
0: true.
3: The other five families. Um, have just been wonderful participants in our Jewish community here. And their regular, you know, attendance at synagogue on Friday night and all of our activities, um, they're
0: involved. One of the families that moved to Dothan was the Butlers.
5: Hey, my name is Stephanie Butler.
0: And my name's Kevin Butler, uh, the luckiest man on earth, uh, married to Stephanie here. They now both work for Larry Butler & Associates, a hotel management company, and Stephanie is the executive director of the Jewish Community Services, or the JCS Relocation Project.
5: We moved um, at the very end of 2009, we moved December 2009, from St. Petersburg Clearwater area in Florida.
0: The Butlers were the third family to relocate to Dothan in the JCS program and are now the family that has been there the longest. I asked what on earth convinced them to pack up everything and move to Dothan.
4: Shopping at the grocery store one day about 10 years ago, Stephanie ran into an old friend from her alma mater, the University of Alabama. She invited him over to watch an Alabama football game. While they were watching the game, he said, Do you hear about those people that were paying Jews to move to Alabama? Did she say
5: Jew here? I heard Jew here. (laughs) It was really hard to believe, but we looked it up and it was totally true.
0: The couple was at a transition point in their lives anyway and decided to make a change, a big change, and move to Dothan.
5: Yeah, and it, that's the way it is for a lot of the families. It's just people who are thinking about making a change in their life. Anyhow, you know, maybe they're in job transition, maybe they're looking to downsize their homes or upsize if their family is growing. You know, just some people looking for a change.
0: According to Stephanie, Dothan can be a bit of a culture shock for families, mm-hmm. particularly those that come from larger cities.
5: I mean, it's it's definitely different in that um, you know Jews are not ubiquitous around here. I mean, you meet a. Lot of people who have never met somebody who was Jewish before. Um, so that's definitely different. You know, they have questions and they're interested. You know, th- there's lots of um, teachable moments. We'll say that. There's lots of teachable moments.
1: I mean, I guess
2: what didn't surprise me was just the way we were embraced in the community and the way people
1: treat each other around here. It's sort of the typical what you think of in the South is just uh, very friendly, overwhelming, uh, just hospitality.
5: The Jewish community, you know, has been here since the 1800s and has always been held in high esteem, you know, uh, in large part because of families like the Bloombergs who have always been such an integral part of the community.
0: The relocated families are bound together not only by their Judaism, but because they've all come from elsewhere. In most cases, arriving in Dothan without any existing local friends or family.
5: Well, I mean, we definitely, all the relocation families really do have a special relationship. Um, We get together a lot for a lot of things. We celebrate, you know, all of our successes together. You know, whenever there's challenges, we're there for each other. Um, For Passover, um, any of us that were in town, we had our Seder together. Um, So there is definitely a special community amongst all the relocation families. The people who are um, volunteering, the people who are leading, are the relocation families. And it's not because the other people you know, aren't interested. They are definitely still there, but there's just so many of us
4: that are the lifeblood of the congregation these days. Another family that moved to Dothan is the Aronsons. They moved from Los Angeles in April of 2014. I am
2: Karen Aronson and by trade, I am an accountant. Um, I'm also the incoming um, Temple Emanuel president and I live
0: in Dothan, Alabama. They were already contemplating leaving their home in Los Angeles when a crazy thing happened.
2: We got a random text from my brother-in-law saying, I'll go if you go. And he was joking. And my husband started thinking about it. And I happened to be out of town at the time. And I said, well, why aren't we in Alabama yet? Start packing. And when I get home, we'll go. And we were joking. And here we are.
0: (laughs) Wow. It wasn't easy for Karen to break the news to her mother that she'd be moving so far away. This is from the phone conversation they had when Karen broke the news from the film There Are Jews Here. Alabama, what the hell's in Alabama?
2: <laughs> oh, d- yeah, that was definitely my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and she- Alabama, what the hell's in Alabama? <laughs> yeah, um, Which she- is now my ringtone for her, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, part of the reason they wanted to leave Los Angeles was the prohibitive cost of participating in the synagogue.
2: We couldn't afford to pay for seats, yeah. which is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and Absolutely I assume, ridiculous. I assume you don't have to pay for, for seats at High Holidays in Dothan.
2: No, we have seats waiting for us. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But after three years, they seem to have settled in and really enjoyed both the Jewish and the non-Jewish community of Dothan.
4: In Dothan, Judaism is simply more accessible to Karen and her family than it was in Los Angeles.
2: Again, we didn't have that connection in terms of um, shul membership, in terms of going to shul on a regular basis, which I found that I deeply, deeply enjoy going on Shabbat and going to services. And I've rarely missed a Shabbat service since we've been here. And... One thing for my daughter, what I really know is for my daughter is I'll catch her singing tunes during the week. And it's just because she goes all the time. And we never have that. I I don't really feel like she had that connection in, in Los Angeles. And here we are in a small town and we're deeply rooted and deeply connected to our Jewish community. And I think that means so much to me personally, and also for for my daughter, Mm -hmm. Lador (laughs) Vador. Our rabbi says all the time, and I I agree with her, um, it's a small but mighty community, and we're all there for each other. And I guess, um, you know, that's what I really love about it. And I guess the other thing that, if if you want to say there's anything that surprises me, is... um, the people around us that aren't jewish that support us as well that have such favorable things to say about our temple and our rabbi and the people that they know that are jewish and the people that don't know about us are are very curious they're not um you know they're 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 not i don't want to say anti anti-semite they're not it's not that they're against the jews but they're the people i talk to are always very curious to learn more they're Mm -hmm. very open to it that's i guess the best word the best word to describe it is they're very open to us which i really appreciate which makes it even better
0: here's larry bloomberg again with his pitch on why jews if you're listening and considering it why you should consider moving to dothan listen in jessica
4: is it is the deal still on the table the deal is still on the table interesting yeah
0: you can go you hear all the time about
3: Southern hospitality, and I think it's very true that um, people really extend themselves. As far as just good living, you know, where you've got good foundations, good values, good neighbors, a community that cares about you. I mean, I think you'll find that in a town like Dothan.
0: So 10 years on, does Larry consider the program to be a success? You know, Dan,
3: I I would say yes. uh, It has been less than my expectations. Mm -hmm. I want to be candid. Um, You know, I certainly hoped that we would be able to bring over this period of time ten families, and that was kind of my vision. Who would who would really stay here? And um, you know, I I felt like we needed to bring closer to twenty families. And, you know, I was hopeful that we would have a success rate of, you know, probably 50 percent and 10 would remain.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: You know, we only brought 11 families and only five have remained. So it has been less than I had hoped for.
0: Here's our friend Brad, the director, again.
1: It's hard, I mean, to get people to move to Dothan and to make a life out of it. But, you know, it takes takes a lot of charisma, um, you know, to build all of the enthusiasm and support for, for in that case, synagogue life. I mean, the synagogue is the center of the universe for Jews in, in Dothan, Alabama. They're the only, as Rob says, I think they're the only Jewish institution, he says, like within 100 square miles. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you are everything to the Jews who are living in that area.
4: Though the program has had less than a 50% success rate, Stephanie Butler, who, as she mentioned, now runs the JCS relocation program is still optimistic about the numbers. You know, when you're asking people to make such a major
5: change in their lives, um, 45% is actually a pretty good success rate.
0: And for LA transplant, Karen Aronson, Well, she's really gotten into boiled peanuts. Personally,
2: for me, I think it's a great success. (laughs) Um, Overall, I think it has had some successes. Um, There have been some issues with employment. People not always finding exactly what they planned on um, in terms of their employment. But overall, um, I think we've had some good families move in.
0: Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. And uh, I'm glad things are going well. Duh. Thank you. Thank maybe, you very much. Maybe one day, if I'm I'm passing through, I'll stop by and say hello to Dothan.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, we'd love to have you. We'll get you some boiled
0: peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Are they good? Have you you have you heard of them? Uh, no. I mean, I not as a thing. I mean, I get, I understand the concept. You boil, I mean, is it just as simple as boiling peanuts, or what's what's the deal? Explain.
2: It's raw. It's raw peanuts that you you know in the shell, and they're washed and then they're um, they're boiled in super salty water for a long period of time. Some people say it's an acquired taste. Some people hate them, especially you know they they say the Yankees, Um, but. You know, they're. I think they're delicious. I think there's just a different way to eat a peanut, and there's no bad way to eat a peanut.
0: Nice. Well, have you? Is there a way to, uh, you know, make a horosit using uh, boiled peanuts? I haven't. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, I'm going to throw it out there. It's an idea. That's a good. That's Feel free a food to, for you know, thought. From you and, know, we got uh, it almost a year you know, to plan. Gosh.
2: So let me think about that. <laughs>
0: So if you're Jewish and contemplating pulling up shop and the thought of boiled peanuts and southern hospitality appeals to you, well, they are still offering $50,000 to families who want to relocate.
4: Go to BFJCS.org. That's the Bloomberg Family Jewish Community Services website to find out more.
0: And to find out more about the documentary There Are Jews Here, go to therearejewshere.com for info on upcoming screenings, and it also should be aired on PBS late spring of next year.
4: What do you think makes a Jewish community? Are you part of one, and if so, in what way? What defines a Jewish community for you? A location, specific values,
0: the people, a building? Please email us at kibitzpod, that's K-I-B-I-T-Z pod, at gmail.com, and let us know what you think. We might read the answers on a future episode. If they're interesting. If they're interesting. And, We're uh, not
4: just reading boring emails. No, no. Yeah. Put, Send us know, something put nice. Yeah. Put a little thought
1: put
0: into
4: this. a little this. thought. That's it for this episode of The Kibbits. Thanks to our guests Brad Lichtenstein, who we also have to thank for letting us use audio clips from There Are Jews Here, Larry Bloomberg, Karen Aronson, and Stephanie Butler. For more about all of these guests, please check out our website at kibbitspod.com. If you liked the episode, please review us on iTunes. And, you know, tell your friends.
0: Would it kill you? Would it kill you to tell your friends?
4: Everyone in Dothan, Alabama, is talking about it.
0: Uh, this is, this is like this the, is hottest the hottest thing since Boiled Dothan. Peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was produced and edited by me, Dan Crane. Special thanks to my co-host, Jessica Chaffin, as well as Adam Sachs, Sarah DeLeo, David Jorgowski, Francine Hermelin, and Reboot. Our music is courtesy of my band, Ray and Remora, and our main theme is courtesy of Nous Plus. And as my great-grandmother used to say... That's the way it is in a small town with a large population. Thanks, Thanks for, listening for listening to the, the kibbutz. kibbutz. If you like this episode and want to keep hearing more from the kibbutz, please consider making a charitable, tax-deductible donation to Reboot, the Jewish nonprofit organization behind the Kibbits at rally.org slash reboot. That's rally.org slash reboot. Thanks.